0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do. To get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time, for the listeners that didn't get to go, this is the payback. Alabama wins. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. To Hi. Hello and welcome to a Z Biotics edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. It's only too bad we didn't inoculate before the post-AM hangover kicked in. And we all know. The early wake-up call or kickoff window at such times can be problematic. How did we ever make it to Birmingham for those JP games? I don't know. That's a question for another day. Let's agree. Saturday was frustrating. But as I reach for my crimson-colored glasses, dang, this light is so bright, I'm buying all the Alabama stock that the Chicken Littles are dumping. Consider, it was a trap game. It was an early kick. The a and hangover, it was homecoming, there was an eclipse, are you even kidding? It was a historical achievement day. Arkansas, much better than advertised. Hell, even Nacho Alabama was a healthy scratch, returning from a luchador recertification cruise. The landscape was rife with distractions for a team that's only working halftime as it is. Saturday, it was the first half. Prior games, it was the second half, which creates its own sort of perception differential. Point being, if I can shake this nausea and pounding headache, I know better days are ahead. Somewhere in there, there's a sponsorship opportunity, eh, maybe a topic for another day. Today, offense, you're up. Go. Milrow, quarterback, you know, he's hit and miss. He's good and bad. 238 Uh, passing yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Uh, He was under 50% completion percentage, though. He's reluctant to run when the opportunity is just right there, especially early in the game. But, man, is he a productive downfield passer. But he forces the receiver to adjust the ball. Yeah, but he had a laser to Nye Block for a first down, setting up the icing of the game. Milrow is what I'm starting to call a court case quarterback, and that's a new term, but I like it there's an argument to be made on both sides you can argue for him yep the data's is right there you can argue against him yep we've got that too what's inarguable is that he's progressing maybe not the pace that we would all want but he is absolutely progressing he's growing into the position there's also an inescapable debate will it be enough for Alabama to win the West the conference? the playoffs? Yes, maybe, probably not. Those are the three current answers I'd give to those questions. Oh, by the way, the rushing touchdown was under the center. It was a sneak, sort of the tush push. That's uh, progress from a play calling standpoint. All right, let's take a look at the running backs. Alabama running backs topped 200 yards on the day at nets to 177 after sacks and four backs saw action. So, overall, I thought it was a pretty good day. Jace McClellan was the bell cow. He had 16 carries for 83 yards, 5.2 average. Roydell was 7 carries, 63 yards, 9.7 average on the strength of a 35 yard gash. Uh, Jamarian Miller, uh, he may have been the second running back in the game, but those numbers sometimes on TV are hard to see. The two and the five look mighty alike. Uh, Jamarian Miller, nonetheless, was in. He had four carries for 10 yards. 10-yard average, averaging four carries, 40 yards, 10-yard average. He had a long of 19. And just as Hayes uh, was freed, he had two carries for 11, 5.5. But he had a long of 10, so uh, he had a short one in there as well. I was pleased when he ran the 10 yard, and when he had the 1.5 yard, I could hear voices in my head saying that, "Yep, you called for justice, and you're just, uh, you're just rooting for the next shiny object. You're just rooting for the young guy over the vets." And um, so I got, uh, I thought that was interesting. We'll see how that plays out. Alabama, I'd say, ha- is not a recovered running game. It is a recovering running game. It's showing flashes, but it's still continuing to take it day by day which makes me wonder if my conscious, subconscious is telling me something there, and no, no, it is not. Wide receivers, uh, seven receivers catching passes. There were 10 passes or 10 receptions on the day, so there's truly no favorites. Uh, a couple of the bigger time performers, Kobe Prentice had two for 93 with a touchdown, uh, long 79-yarder was very nice. made uh, a fine adjustment on the ball. Uh, Jermaine Burton had two catches for 60 yards, 44-yarder in there. Amari uh, uh he was quite productive. He had two receptions, 43 yards. Uh, one was a 29-yard touchdown, and he had a phenomenal uh, first down uh, catch in traffic. Uh, he was quite productive on the day. A couple, couple of drops that need to be cleaned up, uh, and then C.J. Dupree went down uh, with look like uh, a muscle pull. It uh, be interesting to see how, how quick he comes back. We did see Jan- Danny Lewis step into his position. Uh, On Saturday, we'll probably see more Danny as the season progresses. Danny looked really good in camp. I think he's gotten a little rusty. He hasn't played much since the beginning of the season. But uh, I suspect that we'll see more Danny as the season progresses. It's interesting Jermaine Burton getting a lot of negative sort of backflash uh, in the message chats about – you know, sort of his persona or his personality leaking too much out on the field. Uh, I think a couple of things. If he's a knucklehead, he's our knucklehead. Also, the fact that he's bringing some energy and excitement to the offense isn't all bad. And if that's if that's relieving some of the pressure or becoming, you know, sort of a fan distraction so there's not as much pressure on Milrow, uh, we'll take that as well. Burton is definitely a player that can go out and get the ball. He's not afraid to climb the ladder. He's not afraid to, to stretch out and uh, make every attempt to catch the ball. He provides a wide catch radius, uh, as the experts would say, and uh, that's something that Milrow is benefiting by. So, uh, like I said, if he's a chucklehead, he's ours, and we'll take him uh, through the balance of the season. Offense, uh, Offensive line, Jaden Roberts got the start again at right guard. Uh, for me, I'm glad to see that. Uh, I'm not mad at Dalkert. I just think we have more talent uh, at, the, uh, at the guard position. And Jaden Roberts, I think, again, acquitted himself quite well. Uh, Seth McLaughlin, his snaps are improving. He did have another snap when the quarterback wasn't expecting the snap. And so those appear quite egregious. But uh, the reality is that snap over snap, um, he's not perfect. We're not asking him to be perfect. We're just asking him to be better. And Saturday, that was indeed the case. He is continuing to prove. We do see Pritchard, uh, Elijah Pritchard, rotate in with Caden Proctor. So we're seeing both of them continue to play. Uh, On the long touchdown pass to Prentice, uh, Pritchard was in. I don't know if that was by design or if that was just incidental. Uh, If we were running that play with the different tackle personnel in the game. I don't know the answer to that question, but when I did go back and watch it, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Pritchard played very, very well on that play. Uh, his first step was to double down. There was no one right over him, so he doubled down on the guard. There was a linebacker, a stunt sort of looping around, uh, gonna try to catch the uh, the tackle blocking down and loop around into the sp- uh, space that's a tackle avoided. And uh, Pritchard uh, slid, slid back out and made the block and uh, it's a play that it was a nice play it was a subtle play it's a play that you expect a left tackle to make it's also a play that I'm not sure right now in his development if Caden Proctor uh, would have been able to make it if Caden Proctor wouldn't have played part a of the play and helped smash uh, the double team on the guard but then not been available for the looper and uh, whereas Pritchard assisted maintained sort of line of sight to where he uh, should be blocking or his primary responsibility, and he slid out and assisted in that area. Uh, I thought, watching that, that this may be the transition moment. This may be the the play where the coaches look at and see, hey, uh, Pritchard's the better option at the left tackle. And I'm not suggesting that that's not true. That may well still remain true. But what is also true is that both tackles – uh, were beat on other plays, and so that may have been a play that Pritchard did very well on that Proctor may have struggled with. We don't know, uh, but he may have, uh, but there were other plays where Pritchard struggled as well. In fact, uh, lunch should be on the house for each of these uh, tackles. Landon uh, Landon Jackson, uh, defensive end outside uh, rusher from Arkansas, who looks a whole lot like Noho Hank, Uh, he had a career day 11 tackles three and a half sacks and uh, it was equal billing he beat both of the alabama tackles wait till draft time comes around and uh, he's likely uh, a second or third round pick and they will show all of his highlights uh, against alabama you can just put those on a reel and uh, landon jackson got paid uh, based on his performance saturday so you know he should take our big boys out to lunch Speaking of the Alabama line, just as a whole, uh, the interior, I think, is really solid. Uh, The tackles is where Alabama needs help, especially at that left tackle position. And uh, there's, you know, we can there's two paths that the coaching staff can make uh, take. And, you know, they can take the path that what we have is what we have. And we're going to continue rotating these guys in. We're going to continue drilling these guys and we're going to hope it clicks. And that's just the path. Uh, It's not a bad path. And uh, if I had to bet, that's the path I would suggest uh, that uh, the coaches will take. An alternative path is find an opportunity in the bye week. After Tennessee is the bye week, use the bye week to maybe get J.C. Langtham some reps at left tackle. Now, that sounds like moving deck chairs uh, or certainly uh, rearranging furniture, and it is. You'd have to find one of these tackles that could move over and play uh, on the right side. But uh, that's something to consider. It's a, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. And uh, call it cross-training, call it whatever. They can disguise it however they want. But are they looking for a better option at left tackle? Yeah, if they're not looking for a better option uh, at left tackle, then we're probably not doing this right. Does it mean that we have to change players? No. It just means we have to look for a better option. We may not find one, uh, but nonetheless... Uh, I think an effort should be made. Mini game ball on offense. I'm giving it to Jaden Roberts again. Uh, I was highly impressed with his play again Saturday. I can't get over the fact that he's the third team guard. We talk about struggles that Alabama has had across the offensive line. It's starters that are having the struggles, not the third team guard. So that's worth uh, that's worth some level of consideration. All right, let's flip the field as we do and go to defense. I think I'm probably most frustrated by the defense, even though they've played so well uh, thus far into the season. Which is part of my frustration. The irony is this is the this is the group that I'm uh, that I have my frustration with. I also need to step back and understand, just to let it go, just let it go because the defense still is up to the challenge. Uh, they held Arkansas to 4 of 14 on third down uh, conversions. Uh, there was a 30-minute game-time stretch, not clock time, but game-time stretch where they did not allow Arkansas a first down. That's devastating. They held our Arkansas to 250 uh, total yards of offense. There were two early drives when Arkansas is playing off script, and they're coming out with all of their pissing vinegar. And the Alabama defense uh, held to two field goals. They limited Arkansas to 100 yards rushing on 36 carries, which is a 2.8 average. Uh, So, again, the defense played really, really well. However, in the third quarter, there were two critical third down penalties that really seemed to jumpstart the Arkansas team, again, in the second half. uh, Jalen Key had a face mask. It was a little bit dubious call, but uh, that was nonetheless on a third down, a third and long, uh, that allowed Arkansas to uh, collect a first down. And then subsequently on the drive, Caleb Downs, a uh, true freshman, uh, had a pass interference. Now, the irony is not lost on me where I say I'm frustrated by these things. Also, maybe should let him go. These were Alabama's two leading tacklers on Saturday. Uh, Jalen had a crushing run fit tackle uh, earlier in the game. And Caleb is all conference, uh, is certainly an all conference candidate, regardless of class designation. He's going to be all freshman. Uh, he has a chance to be second or third team uh, all SEC. Uh, the talent, the potential is there, plus the balance of the season, uh, and he's likely a freshman All America at a safety position, at a DB position. So it can't, we can't get too upset with with these cats because uh, they're playing just so well, but. It's also so very frustrating. Now, if you've heard the press conference and watched any of the media or any of sort of the articles about the game, we know that you know those third down uh you know get them off the field on third down and when you commit a penalty on third down uh there's been so much discussion of it that i don't want to belabor it any more than than maybe i have i remember watching the game and when it happened i was like this is one of those times this is one of those times let's pay particular attention to see what happens over the remainder of this drive." and i even told myself like the hell it's gonna happen we are." crushing them. There's no way that they're gonna rise up over this. They're gonna get the first down. We're gonna they're gonna punt in just a minute. But no, I was wrong. They continue to move the ball down the field. And I and I'm convinced that Arkansas is a better team than their record would say. I know what Parcel says, you are what your record says you are, and I get that most of the time, but there's always if it's a rule, there's an exception to the rule. And this year's Arkansas team may well be the exception to that. This is a team that is that is looking for a spark they are they are they are dry and and brittle and they will light on fire in a minute they just need a spark uh to start that fire they are capable of combusting and and i mean that in the good way uh, explosive they are capable of this and saturday they just needed a little bit of a spark to get back into the game they had they still had fight because alabama was sort of whipping their tail at this time they had every reason on a four-game skit, coming to Tuscaloosa, being treated as the uh, as a homecoming opponent. They know that they've got a, a homestand after this game. And so it'd be so easy just to tuck tail between the legs. It's an early kick, so I'm going to get home. I'm going to get to see my girlfriend before it's too late. And I'm just going to – let's just get out of here and figure out the balance of the season. And they didn't. They had an opportunity. They ignited. They scored two quick touchdowns, got right back in the game and truly had an opportunity late uh, to come back. And so I give Arkansas, I give Sam Pittman a lot of credit. It doesn't help their overall record, but I give them a lot of credit. And uh, that's, where I, that's where I have that frustration for the defense. I don't think Jalen Key grabbed the face mask. I think they were a little chicken fighting that you see. Uh, I think, in fact, the receiver had pushed uh, Jalen down, but it's just like Dallas Turner last week. Don't put hands on a man who doesn't need hands put on him. And if Jalen had said, hey, I'm just going to leave this alone, then Arkansas would have punt, punted and Alabama would have uh, beat Arkansas by a much uh, a much different score. So there's they're sort of the the my frustration, fan base's frustration in a mm-hmm. nutshell. All right, defensive line is continuing to show out. I really respect some of the performances, uh, considering that I thought Alabama defensive line was probably the weakness. I understand we had questions at quarterback and receiver, but that the defensive line was perhaps one of the bigger questions on this year's squad. Well, the defensive line is answering the, the bell. I wish other positions were answering the bell in the same way that the Alabama Crimson Tide defensive line is. Justin Oboiby had five tackles, half a sack, a pass deflection. Uh, Tim Keenan just continues to grow into uh, the position. We talked about Alabama missing Jamil Burroughs when he was booted from the team, or he elected to leave, whatever that was, uh, uh, pre-camp, uh, early camp. And what's interesting, we predicted that that's going to be an impact to the team, and you'll never hear about it. Uh, you'll never hear you know his name after those stories and that's been largely true i think i've seen it in one article out of however many that that i've read and that was weeks ago uh tim keenan keenan meanwhile uh had a terrible injury his senior year of high school has battled back through the recovery process and he is a man amongst boys uh this season i like the commentators said this is a guy that could play in any era he's almost a throwback player uh his size in the middle and I think what he's bringing to this Alabama defense uh, is is a material contribution. He had four tackles, which is a low number, but we're talking about a nose guard here. Uh, John Moran Lathan had uh, had three tackles, uh, including a sack. He, he appears to me bigger uh, this year than he has in prior seasons, and it's good uh, to see the contribution that he's getting. Uh, Q Robinson had six tackles. I know some of those are special teams, but he's getting in the game uh, as sort of a third outside linebacker um i said the preseason alabama has so many outside linebackers they're lined up they're stacked up ready to play uh to make a contribution and q rob is uh certainly doing that there's a rabbit rush packet package uh where we see three outside linebackers on the field and um and q rob is is in that third position uh, he had six tackles uh one uh one tackle for a loss you know, the uh, We're Sorry, But We Still Love You Award, uh, something we're in- introducing today, uh, probably a one-time event. But that goes to Tarion Arnold. Uh, Tarion had four tackles, one sack, uh, and one Hulk ragdoll. Uh, K.J. Jefferson and Sabin even called it one of the best plays he's ever seen. Uh, but uh, on a on a blitz. Uh, Terry and Arnold came in, and he had KJ Jefferson uh, sort of dead to rights. Except for KJ Jefferson does a Hulk move and uh, just spreads out his shoulders and arms, and uh, and and leaves Terry and Arnold, who had him wrapped up. Uh, but when you know the sort of the Hulk move ripping off the shirt, he ripped off uh, Terry and Arnold, and was able to step outside and hit an open receiver on. One ended up being a big play. Uh, Terry And we love you. That was just a, um, sometimes you run in the Superman, and that's exactly what happened there. Uh, many game ball on defense goes to Christian Story. Uh, two tackles, uh, he was rotating in on the dime position. Uh, you know, Alabama plays six defensive backs every once in a while, and uh, when Malachi went out with his injury, there's been some reshuffling of the deck. And so when we go six deep, we're going seventh deep. And uh, Christian Sori uh, is a player, I'm going to say he's he's hung around, he's persevered in an era where players are uh, so eager to transfer. And, in fact, Alabama had three or four defensive, defensive backs uh, that transferred late uh, at the end of last season and uh, even late in uh, spring practice. And uh, Alabama had to go to the portal, bring in a couple of transfers, Amos, and Jalen Key and Christian Sory, who was inching up into uh, a starter position when Alabama brought in two guys that knocked him back. And so he was gonna maybe be in the top five, certainly in the top six, bring in two. And now uh, Christian Story's pushed back to seven. He could have transferred. He could have said, screw this, I'm out of here. I've given Alabama everything that I can. And how am I rewarded? By two guys being brought in to, to, to supersede me, uh, to take my playing time. He could have taken uh, that position and he didn't. He's hung around, Uh, he plays special teams, and he's getting opportunities to play in the secondary, and he contributed two tackles on Saturday. Christian's story is a good story, and uh, we're glad to have him on our side. All right, let's talk special teams a little bit. Will Reichert, uh, one field goal, 30 yards. It was the only Alabama scoring in the second half, and then he had three uh, PATs. Uh, You could argue, 30-yard kick, a couple of three PTAs, uh, PAT, sort of big deal, not a big day. It's a huge day. It was a monumental day uh, for one, Will, Will Reichert, uh, and in fact, for uh, Alabama fans uh, writ large. Uh, Will Reichert, say that three times fast, became the all time SEC leading scorer uh, on Saturday with his kicks uh, against Arkansas. That is phenomenal. He's within 45 points. Of becoming the NCAA all-time leading scorer and so we're rooting for well certainly field goals you get three points but just uh, can we just have a crap ton uh, can we just score 45 touchdowns <laughs> over the next uh, couple of weeks uh, that'd be great for a couple of reasons but the point is we want to get uh, Reichert. uh we want to get him uh, these points we would we're so pleased that he's the SEC leading uh, scorer we'd like to get him the NCAA uh, title. So this is this includes postseason. So SEC championship, uh, any sort of playoffs or bowl games would count as well. So there's an opportunity for more games uh, to stack up, and we want Will to be very productive in those games. Again, we're rooting for touchdowns and uh, the PAT, but we'll take all the. Uh, field goals we can get because that helps them get there faster all right james burnup had seven points seven punts are you kidding me that's frustration back with the offense seven punts is too many we like when our punter has two or three seven that's a big number but Burnup delivered in fact there was a write-in vote uh for Burnup to get a mini game ball uh i'm just saying complete hats off uh, uh he he missed time uh last week and he left the game early with injury Uh, He's back, and he is in force. He is Slim Shady back. Uh, Seven punts, 349 yards, a 49.9-yard average. He had a long uh, 59, 49.9. It's like Moses, or it's like most of my college years. So close to the promised land, but just not allowed in. Uh, Just so close to that uh, 50-yard mark. Uh, Next up, Tennessee comes to town. Tennessee Hate Week is officially on. You know, that Tennessee, it's not the kind of orange you can just sit with. Go find that video. It's glorious. You have to watch it every year. Uh, This team, this Tennessee team, has the Tide's attention in a way that Arkansas did not. Alabama has had this game. These players have had this game uh, circled for a while, getting Tennessee back in Tuscaloosa with revenge on their mind. And Saban even said it. He said it without saying it, right? He said it in a very Saban way. This team needs to learn how to beat the other team, not just win. Saban's not saying run up the score, but he's saying beat them down. And uh, I think Saban will be heralded as a prophet uh, come next Saturday. Uh, when you beat a team down, when you beat them, not just win, that often translates to the scoreboard. And I'm predicting this is a 35-7 to 7 Type ball game. So that will certainly be fun uh, to watch next Saturday. Uh, let's show up in Tuscaloosa, let's cheer, let's be loud. Um, I'm going to be there. So if you want to grab a drink before or after, uh, reach out and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Let me cover an administrative, uh, administrative base. We did get another five star review. And so we're uh, always grateful for everyone who listens and those who contribute in the way of the support team or review a five-star we love it and when we have an opportunity to thank someone for that uh, we certainly want to do that so open up the iTunes here and see that we have a brand new five-star review uh, just posted in the last week or so from uh, and please uh, you, you know I struggle with names you all know that uh, Casey Ladere and hopefully I'm uh, Kelsey Kelsey Ladere uh, so hopefully I'm very close in the pronunciation there And uh, let me just read this to you. I've been listening to the podcast. Let's see. Let me start again. Kelsey Ladere, thoughtful analysis and insight, five-star review. That's awesome. And uh, Kelsey goes on to say, I've been listening to this podcast for about a year now and thoroughly look forward to each episode. Uh, On the post-game review episodes, I really enjoy the breakdown by position group. I am not that intrinsically familiar with the particulars of offensive line play, and I've learned a ton by listening. It feels like I'm getting to know the individual linemen and pay particular attention to how each one does during the game. The postgame analysis is both honest and insightful without attacking players. Personally, I'm always hyped for an Alabama football game, but the pre-game interview episodes help you become familiar with the other team's players and particular things to watch for uh... give this podcast a listen you definitely won't regret it and i'll bet it will become a staple in your alabama podcast lineup thanks kelsey those are those are kind words and uh, we greatly appreciate uh, your review, and we appreciate you out there uh, listening. If you are like Kelsey, and you're out there listening, and you enjoy what we do, hey, leave us a review on the uh, on the podcast uh, player. Uh, I use iTunes, and so if you're leaving a review somewhere else, hey, let me know so I can go find it. I don't know all of the players and how to hunt and search all of them uh, for reviews, but uh, I'm happy to do that uh, if I know uh, where you're leaving reviews And uh, we'll get those posted uh, on the air as well. If you're interested in joining the podcast team, uh, look us up, alabamafootballpodcast.com. Drop us an email at alabamafootballpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we can certainly interact with you in that way. Thank you all for listening. And uh, thank you, Kelsey, for the review. As we gear up Alabama Hate Week, um, and how do we do that best? We do that by Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that coach? Of course, roll tide.